April 21st, 2023. The pendulum swings. Greetings all. I'm at a new place today, orating a piece for everybody on the second day of Taurus, the second sign in the zodiac. My sign, if we're talking about the tropical zodiac, and also my sign if we're talking about the sidereal or the Vedic zodiac. So today I want to talk about health from a little bit of a different perspective. I want to talk about some of the trends out there that are somewhat on the wane, which is good news. They tend to be very, very young, very much part of that heroic methodology, which is essentially what allopathy is, the idea of someone or something, whether it be a doctor or a substance or an activity coming in and taking control and releasing something from the person or cutting something out of the person or altering something in the person using this strong methodology versus the more yin, gentle approach of just living life according to our physiologic health. So the first approach is physical, spiritual, and emotional catharsis. So catharsis is the process of releasing and thereby providing relief from strong or repressed emotions. And oftentimes this can be helpful in the moment, but then we think once we go about releasing all those emotions, what are we going to do afterwards? And especially if someone's doing all this cathartic work when they're in a state of being dysregulated from a, from a root perspective and also not having the nutrients which would play into this root dysregulatory uh, state. So what are some ideas of this physical, emotional, and spiritual catharsis that would uh, induce the release of maybe these stuck um, emotions, feelings, beliefs, programming, but not really find a way to fill our well back up after we've released this? So here are some ideas. Transformative or transformational festivals. We see a lot of this. I think about things like Burning Man. I, I myself have never been to that festival. It, it didn't really appetize me. I tend to not like events like that when people tend to be on anything, any type of, of drug. I find that to be a very creepy and weird situation. I mean, me myself, if I was ever to do something like that, more so in the past than now, I would have done it in my house with trusted people or alone. I certainly wouldn't be doing that at a festival. So that's one example right there. Another example would be high intensity interval training, what they call HIT, this very, very intense cardiovascular fitness. Uh, people doing lots of things, what they're kind of colloquially referring to as plant medicine journeys. Uh, I think this can be I think there's pros and cons to this. I think when we're doing this in the modern context with our modern ailments and our modern perspectives, it's very, very different than people who grow up in more of an ancestral way than what we're doing nowadays. And then what ends up happening is a lot of people don't just do these journeys here and there to get perspective or speak to the ancestors they end up doing it every single day, and then that becomes something like microdosing. People are even these days talking about microdosing marijuana, right? And if we look at TCM and Ayurveda, 
When we talk about uh, marijuana from the traditional Chinese medicinal perspective, they call it ma. It was always used in conjunction with other herbals. It wasn't used solo. This is true about tobacco too. When the Amerindians were utilizing tobacco, they only utilized about five to 10% of tobacco and they mixed it with other things. So very interesting to think about it that way. And when we talk about the Ayurvedic perspective for marijuana, they were not smoking it. They were making something called uh, bung. And it had milk and rose petals and saffron and pistachios, almonds, and it was a beverage. So very, very different. And now we have people every day who are, quote, microdosing, utilizing a vape. How do we even know the origins of how this cannabis was extracted, right? There's a lot of things going on these days that people are relying on for crutches because I realize that most of us have been traumatized in one way or another. I'm not judging anyone for any of the habits that they currently have or had in the past, but we have to realize there's a reason why all of this is out there being promoted. And all of these things on this list, this physical, spiritual, emotional catharsis list that I'm talking about right now, the same rootless cosmopolitans are behind the promotion of all of these things. Can some of these things be helpful on our journey to finding out more about ourselves? Certainly, but if we get stuck in these very, very young heroic modalities, it results in a real dysregulation of our system at a root. Something else would be the whole cold plunge trend, right? The whole um, therapeutic thing of being in very cold liquid. Uh, that could, or ice and things like that, that could be really very much of a stress to a lot of people. Um, I've never particularly tried it. One time I was at a spa many years ago and there was this cold room and I went in for a while, not a while, a little bit, and I tried it out. And, you know, it's okay, but of course there's an issue if someone cannot tolerate heat or cold, that's an issue with having an imbalance of yin and yang. But if we're constantly looking to plunge ourselves into cold, we may need to think about why do we need to constantly change our temperature? Why can't we just be at a, at a placid kind of, you know, baseline? Something else to consider is these uh, sweat lodges, something else I've not done. Um, this also could be too intense for some people. I've even heard stories of people um, passing away after going into these types of uh, lodges. And also times these types of things, just like when one is doing these um, psychedelic journeys, they're going somewhere in a, a country with these people who are not speaking their native language, not of their race, and they're using these people's medicine and therapeutics and thinking that they're going to gain something from it the same way the natives do. And I think that's a grave mistake. Something else would be fasting. Uh, this is also under the guise or the banner of heroic uh, yang activities. Uh, fasting, I don't think, is a good idea. Can you do it for religious or spiritual reasons here and there? Sure. Is it a good idea if you feel um, ill or if you're let's more say healing and you go without food. Yeah, of course, there's reasons why someone would go without food here and there. 
but to make it a lifestyle, I do not think it's a healthy thing. I especially do not think it's a healthy thing for women, especially women of childbearing age to fast. If anything, men, if they were away hunting or in battle, it made more sense for men to fast out of necessity than for women who would always need to be able to stay at a, at a weight to have you know the hormone regulation and to stay fertile. We also have on this list psychedelic assisted therapy. This is even weirder to me than the plant medicine journeys or the micro dosing, which if someone's not in a mineralized state, those things can really pull from you. Um, also speaking from other, you know, plant medicine, something like marijuana will make you very magnesium deficient. So when some people say they can just quit cold turkey, and that's beautiful if that happens, for some people, they can't because their minerals are in such a state of dysregulation, their protein is so low, their, uh, their key stagnation is so high, and their lifestyle is in such a, a turmoil that it's not as easy for them. Can they do it with the right steps? Of course, certainly, you can do anything you want, but there's a reason why all of these things are being promoted, legalized, and decriminalized. It's not because they care about us, it's because they want us docile, and in regards to the psychedelic assisted therapy, there have even been um, uh, uh, things out there or reports of people who are utilizing this, let's say people who have been dealing with you know, PTSD, terrible traumatic memories from things of the past, a war, maybe family traumas, etc. And they do this psychedelic assisted therapy and then they end up with what the medical community would call mental illness. So I think we have to be really very careful with um, what they're offering. They're also offering things like uh, ketamine, special K, which was a animal tranquilizer, as you know, using for PTSD, um, also MDMA or ecstasy for um, PTSD. So sometimes these things can help people, but we have to understand that there's a bigger picture out there of why they're promoting them and that when people are in more of a dysregulated state, it's going to be harder for them to stop these behaviors and these behaviors can also be more deleterious to them. Something else out there is the cathartic breath work. Some of this very intense breath work could actually raise cortisol, which is a stress hormone. So for a human that's already dysregulated, this isn't a good example of breath work. And there's plenty of breath works out there that could lower your cortisol and put you more in like a chill or like a groovy zone. Something else would be the overemphasis on cleansing, uh, detoxing, too many enemas, um, parasite cleansing, liver flushing, gallbladder flushing. All of this falls under the banner of young heroic medicine. And I've done many of these things on this list before. The fasting, some of the plant medicine stuff. Um, I've done the overemphasis on cleansing. So I, I know a lot of these things. Um, and they really don't balance you. They kind of give you this like uh, nervous, nervous system dysregulated high, if that, if that makes good sense. Uh, peak experiences in somatics. A lot of people now are getting into that, like focusing too much, I think, on their body as opposed to their mind. And, you know, we want to keep a balance in that. Focusing too much on the mind is not good either, but you really need to have that mind-body connection, which is one of the goals of, you know, transhumanism, of course, is to sever the mind-body connection and, of course, the connection with the soul.
Things like ketotic and low carbohydrate diets. Uh, if you go to an allopath, you will notice that they promote these diets. They promote veganism. They'll even probably promote the most, um, I think, gnarly or mind-zoggling diet out there, which is vegan keto. I don't even know what you could really eat on that. Avocados and the tofu and uh, lots of, you know, too many raw leaves. And no, no, there's, these are all not the way any ancestor ate, regardless of where we were on the planet. Uh, this is, this is not a good idea. Uh, going without carbohydrates, no, it makes people really, really nasty. They, they snap at people, not a good idea. So what does all this end up doing long-term? It results in nervous system dysregulation, which would of course um, behoove them, right? So what is the uh, antidote to all of this? What is the antithesis? Let's say we've tried a couple of these things on this list. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you've probably tried a couple of things, if not more, on this list. Maybe you're still doing a couple of these things on this list. Maybe you're stuck on a couple of things on this list and you want to find ways to get yourself out of this, this stead. You're, you're tired of being this person anymore. It's not, it's not working for you. So we focus on cellular or physiologic health. How do we do that, you may ask? We do things like eating a diet which is high in protein. Some humans refer to it as an animal-based diet. I don't really like to use that language because it's not really animal-based. It just has animal foods at a higher amount than, say, the SAD diet would have. Because the SAD diet is basically almost some type of vegetarian, like, oh, a frog, that was groovy, vegetarian-style diet. I mean, look at the SAD diet. What is it, 6 to 11 servings of grain? At least the old food pyramid was. So animal-based just means that you're eating enough protein. That's important to remember. I'm going to take a seat right here while I orate. So yeah, eating enough protein, super important. Um, something else would be eating every three to four hours, especially when you start out doing this. Your blood sugar may be all over the place from doing all these heroic methodologies, so it's important to eat on a regular basis, especially if you're dealing with things like constipation, right? So eating every three to four hours, the more you get into eating uh, for your physiology, the longer you'll be able to go without eating. And of course, we're not talking about skipping meals, but there's a reason why some people feel better with a snack. And remember that a snack is not potato chips. A snack is something that is balanced. If you do decide to have chips here and there, you have it in the context of having a vegetable, having some protein with it. You don't just eat the chips on their own. Snacks have to be balanced with a protein, carbohydrate, lipid, some type of vegetable. That's how we're supposed to be eating. Most people are just living off of cheap filler food, much like a lot of the farm animals and pets on this country live off of. And of course, when you eat every three to four hours, you have your blood sugar regulated, which is so important because if your blood sugar is on the fritz, how do you expect your nervous system to be healthy? Uh, it's not really possible. And one of the easiest things to, um, well, there's a couple of things to avoid if you want to have good blood sugar regulation besides 
eating every couple of hours and having, you know, meals that include animal food. Caffeine will give you blood sugar dysregulation, especially strong caffeine like coffee. Uh, alcohol will give you blood sugar dysregulation. Cannabis will give you blood sugar dysregulation. Some people actually use cannabis to cover up blood sugar dysregulation. And of course, all of those habits demineralize us. So when we're going about this physiologic approach and we're using animal foods and good quality plant foods and thing, other vegetations to um, you know, assist our body in healing, we also might want to include some supplementations or supplements that will facilitate uh, remineralizing our system. We could also do things like an Epsom salt bath uh, for our feet, our hands, our whole body, etc. And especially if we're doing any type of exercise that's um, going to make us sweat a lot, or if we're using any types of therapies like a sauna, and I think a sauna is far different than a sweat lodge. A sweat lodge is really, really intense. A sauna, you can moderate how hot you want it to get, but you want to make sure that you're remineralizing if you're sweating things out and that you're hydrating with some type of mineralized fluid uh, whilst you're in the sauna. Something else in regards to cultivating physiological health would be sleep and circadian ryth rhythms, keeping a cycle, going to sleep within an hour or two of the same time frame every night, same for waking up, use an alarm, do not use your phone. If your phone is your alarm, you've got to get yourself a classic alarm clock. That is not a good move to be making. You can go on any website and get an alarm clock for about $15. So keeping those rhythms, um, of course, minimizing exposure to electromagnetic uh, frequencies, utilizing a pair of blue light blockers if you have to look at a screen at um, dark times in the evening. You could even take it a step further and use candlelight or, or red light. Uh, appropriate body movements, doing things like uh, yoga, Pilates, stretching, really important to stay flexible especially as people get on in their years. Uh, living incorrectly is what makes people have flexibility issues. So flexibility is really important. Um, having strength, muscle strength, really important. Having good balance. These are all really, really vital things to have. Lymphatic movement, getting, um, inf getting movement in that's good for your lymph. This can be walking, sauna is good for your lymph, dry brushing, um, eating a diet that, that you know, facilitates the uh, flow of, of lymph, eating home-cooked quality meals. You can even prep your meals in advance if that is something that you struggle with. But there's really not a restaurant outside the house, and there's not going to be one anytime soon that's going to be offering the types of foods that you need to nourish your body with. And if you're thinking that that exists, you're, you're going about it the wrong way because we have to be able to prepare our own foods or have a loved one prepare our foods for us to be able to get that real jing, that real essence from the food if we want to go back to the ways that our ancestor um, or ancestors did things. That's why historically the man went out and got the money made the money and the woman made the food. This worked for a really, really long time. And uh, I think it's about time that we get back to that type of living. We want to have rhythm and routine. Uh, if we follow what's known as the key or the chi lifestyle, there are certain activities that we should do at certain points during the day. 
and we can flow into the health of our organs. I did a show, I think it was back in 2019, where I spoke about this. Um, there's like a liver time of day, there's a stomach time of day, um, the large intestine time of day is a time when you should, you know, take a poop. Um, there's a reason why the traditional Chinese system, which has been around for I think 3,000 years stands the test of time. These things work. Something else would be strength training. Cardiovascular is, you know, okay here and there. I think a lot of cardiovascular exercise is just a breathless waste of time, to be honest with you. I think it stresses out the heart. Um, I believe what the yogis say that we only kind of get a certain amount of heartbeats, and if we're going to stress out our most important muscle, it's. Um, it's going to go. So I think that we really need to focus on exercise that is muscle building, taking walks, um, doing yoga. I think that really builds the nicest physique. I think that cardiovascular exercise, especially if it's like kind of breathless and intense, is really just a way to stress out the body. Because if you think about what we did historically, we would do sprints for things like hunting, but the idea of doing breathless exercise just wasn't something that we did. Something else would be um, eating more saturated and monounsaturated lipids over the polyunsaturated. Now, of course, eating a little bit of polyunsaturated lipids from things like nuts is okay, but if we're binging on nut butters, that's a, that's a serious problem. And if we're eating a lot of these seed oils, these industrial oils that have only been around for the last 100 years or so, that's going to cause um, issue. And if you go around, at even the health food stores, you'll notice that every product, nearly every product has seed oils and natural flavors. Back in the day, you used to think that sugar was the most offensive thing in these products. It's not anymore. It's the seed oils and it's the natural flavors. And be um, aware that when you see stuff like palm oil, probably seeing that a lot in some of these, you know, snacking goods when you're at the store shopping and you're online, be aware that palm oil is extremely high in vitamin A. Uh, unless it's refined, but most palm oil is like red orange. And also I think they're cutting down the natural habitat for animals like orangutans to make these, you know, palm oil chips that most people are going to be eating while they're sitting on their haunches, you know, um, being a keyboard warrior. So something to think about. Toxin-free skincare in household, another important step, making sure the products you use when you take a bath or a shower, makeup, skincare, laundry products, cleaning products, either make these yourselves or find a really good brand. Um, I'm pretty much fragrance free across the board with all of these things and there's nothing better than the fresh smell of just nothing, right? Like there's a freshness to that smell as opposed to like all these essential oil smells like I don't I don't really go for that um, there's a big difference too with the infusion of a plant like the infusion of let's say uh, lavender flowers into something which is still estrogenic as opposed to lavender oil which is like really like a very compounded you know concentrated uh, aspect of the plant but in general I think it's really good to go fragrance free because these are all uh, endocrine disruptors especially the lavender oil and the tea tree oil those are the biggest ones there's been studies that when the oil of uh, both of those was applied to the chest of youngsters to boys that were having issues with um, sleep and there could be many reasons why a youngster could have issues with sleep 
but they were starting to sport uh, breast buds or gynecomastia because of the estrogenic compounds in the tea tree and the lavender. So a lot of these things that are natural are no joke. They are still going to be estrogenic. They're not xenoestrogens the way something like Glade plugins or Febreze is. They're phytoestrogenic. And then when we do all these things that I just mentioned, um, this leads to a result in uh, nervous system regulation. And that's more of a yin way of living. And that's really what it's all about. We live in this very young, very technologically um, just intense world, right? And we don't need it to be like that. It can be a lot softer easier, gentler. Um, I think everyone listening probably wants to live a long, good life or some combination of, of that. And uh, you get that way by slowing down. You can still get things done. You actually, this is the, this is the greatest part about it, you'll actually get more done because you'll perceive that you have more time. When you're constantly caught up you know, in the, the mechanisms of, you know, running out of time, you know, feeling like a dog, you know, panting away, you know, losing track of the day. That's a result of having a dysregulated nervous system. When everything is calm and cool and you feel easy and breezy, then you have more time. So that's kind of like the cosmic joke and you feel better, you look better, you get along better with other humans. So that's all I have to say on this topic of the pendulum swings. Oh, and one more thing I should mention. Yesterday, the new White Wellness website, the same uh, URL, white-wellness.com, is now live. I will be providing a link to that um, in the archived version of this show, so you can check it out yourself. It's got a sassy, fresh, vibrant look. And uh, anyone who wants to do any type of um, one-on-one counseling with me can actually book through the site. I haven't fixed that part yet, but that'll be upcoming. I just wanted to get it out yesterday on uh, the birthday of uh, one of our one of our guys, our main guy. When we think about our guys, and also upcoming, going to be offering a course on cannabis mitigation as well as a cookbook. So lots of things to come. I bid everyone a wonderful Friday wherever you are in this big white world. Satnam.